Hey, Centerpoint Church, it's Pastor James here, and I'm gonna be bringing part eight of Supreme Overall, and I'm excited. I feel like I got a word for us today, and um, we're gonna be uh, in, in Colossians chapter four, and we're gonna read six verses, verse two through six today, and um, let's, let's, let's pray and let's get right into the word. Jesus, we come before you right now and we ask that you would um, just be enthroned upon our praises, God. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come right now and speak to us. And I pray, Lord, as I've been praying all week for this message, God, if there's a seed that you need to plant, plant it. If there's something already there, water it. And we pray, God, that it would bring life and substance, God, and change forevermore. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. You can put amen in the chat. We're gonna be in Colossians chapter four, and I'm gonna jump right in because we got a lot to talk about today. And um, so we're gonna read verses two through six, and we'll have it on the screen for you if you don't have your Bible with you. It says this, it says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Be wise in the way that you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversations be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Woo, that is our passage of scripture for today. And I hope that you, you felt the Holy Spirit moving right there because we're about to, about to get into the word right now. <clears throat> I wanna start by asking you a question. What does devotion mean to you? When you think about the word devotion or devoting yourselves, like what, what comes to mind? For me, what comes to mind is there's been a couple of things that I've devoted my life to. Uh, and I talk about like BC, like before Christ, there was skateboarding and there was the restaurant industry. And let me explain to you. So back in the day when I was in seventh grade, my friend gave me his, uh, my first skateboard and uh, I picked it up quickly. I started skateboarding with the kids in the neighborhood. And uh, by about ninth grade, I had my first sponsors and I was hooked at that point. And from that point on, I continued to skate and I devoted myself every day, every night, Literally every moment I was I was thinking about skateboarding. I was skateboarding with friends and I got into the scene and and I realized later on that that there was more to life than just this this piece of wood that I had put under my feet and began to skate with and, and have fun with my friends. And and that was one thing that I had devoted my life to. And another thing that I devoted my life to was when I was 16 years old and I got my my second job, my first job was in a skateboard shop, but my second job was at a restaurant and I was the host that would hold the door open for people. I was the door host. And so my job was that when everyone would come in, I would take their names and write them down on the list and give them you know, a ridiculous wait time, like 45 minutes for a table of three. Yes, we've all been there. And, uh, and then basically you pass that list off to the lead host. And, and I remember looking uh, from the doorway at the servers greeting the tables. And I just told myself at that moment, I said, you know what, I'm gonna do whatever it takes to become a server in a restaurant. And so when people weren't coming in, I grabbed the menu and I would secretly study the menu and I was, I was absorbing as much information as I could. I would eavesdrop the, the servers as they talked to the, the guests at their tables because I wanted so bad 
badly to become a server. And it took three years, and three years is like an accelerated rate because you don't just go from hosting straight into serving. You had to go from you know, the door host to the lead host to, to go to QA, which is where you work in the kitchen and, and you, know, you gotta get everyone's food right on the, on the plate so you really get to memorize the food. And then you jump into serving. And I remember after about three years of doing this, I'd finally, like, I'd finally gotten my goal. I'd finally become a server. And, and you know, <clears throat> another story for another time, but that's actually where God began to work on my heart. And I eventually ended up at Centerpoint from working in the restaurant, which is wild. But, you know, the crazy thing is that, you know, when we devote ourselves to things, we oftentimes, if you work hard enough, you'll achieve it and you'll arrive at it because we're powerful people, because we're people that, that were made to conquer, made to champion things. And the reality is, is that the scripture talks about, it says in, in Colossians 4 verse 2, it says, devote yourselves to prayer. So when you think about the word devoting yourself, it, it, it means more than just praying for your meal. It means more than just praying on Sunday. It means more than just praying when you're in trouble. It means more than just praying when somebody else asks you to pray for them. Devoting yourselves to prayer means that you are continually giving yourselves away to it. I'll never forget, you know, I've been celebrating 13 years with my wife, uh, not married for 13 years, but we've been dating for 13 years. And I'll never forget about five years ago when we stood at that altar and, and we made a devotion, we made a, a covenant to one another that we were gonna give of ourselves away to one another. And I've committed my life to, to being married to Brooke. I've devoted my life as well to being a father of my son, Abel, of being a present dad. There's something about devoting that there's value and devotion are tied together. You will never devote your life to something if you don't value you it. And so if you want to be someone who, who lives a life of prayer, if you don't value prayer, you'll never devote your life to it. And so what I'm asking you today, when Paul says devote yourselves to prayer, you have to find value in prayer. You have to find value in, in, in the, the power of prayer as well. And how it continues on by saying, it says being watchful and thankful. You know, the reality is, is that we will never pray for other people unless we learn how to start praying for ourselves. It's really when you begin to be watchful and mindful of your own soul, your own spirit, your own emotional well-being, that you learn that prayer is this invitation. Prayer is both the response and a request. Prayer is this dialogue, the visible God that is invisible. It is this dialogue, this invitation where you get to know your creator, your father. There's something powerful about prayer that if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, if you're someone who claims to be a follower of Jesus, but you don't understand prayer, you haven't devoted your life to prayer, I find it extremely difficult to represent someone that I don't know. I find it incredibly difficult to be passionate about a relationship with someone that I never spend time with or talk to. See, when you spend time with Jesus, when you talk to Jesus, when you listen to Jesus, when you have conversations with Jesus, you invite him into your dreams, into your visions, into your marriage, into your families. When you devote yourselves to prayer, you'll discover that, that you begin to, to become more and more like him and you become more and more aware of the things you need to change. More and more aware of some things that you need, areas you need to grow in. 
And, and so the Apostle Paul, he starts by saying, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. You know, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12, it says this, the eyes of the Lord watches over those who do right and his ears are open to their prayers, but the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. You know, when we talk about prayer, I'm convinced that there's a lot of people who ask others to pray for them because they're convinced that their prayers are not heard. There's something about the reason why if you're someone who is constantly being asked, hey, will you pray for me? Hey, will you pray for my family? Will you, will you pray for my marriage? Will you pray for our business? Will you pray for my emotional well-being? There's, there's something on you that other people see that, wow, when you pray, it's like God listens and he moves. And I came here to tell you that, that if you believe the lie that, that you, uh, your prayers don't measure up or you're not good enough or you've done something that is unredeemable, I'm here to tell you today, this scripture right here says that, that God listens to those who do right. So if you need to repent, repent, turn back to God. Don't allow your prayers to be unheard. If there's relationships that, that you can make an effort to restore, do so. You know, there's one prayer that God will always listen to, and it's the prayer of repentance. It's the prayer of, of saying, I'm messed up, I'm sorry. God, will you forgive me? God, will you wash me clean? God, will you show me how to move forward into wholeness? God, I wanna forgive this person. I wanna pray for them. I wanna bless them. God, I, I, I wanna grow in this area. God will always receive the prayers of a humble heart. God will always reject the prayers of a prideful person. And so if you want to be someone that, that when you pray, mountains move, that when you pray, people get healed. The scripture talks about that we should not curse people that curse us. We should bless people who curse us. We should withhold our tongue from speaking evil of one another. We should do right when others do wrong to us. We should live a life of righteousness. And if you do these things, there's, there's something that happens where God, he leans in and he's listening so when you devote yourselves to prayer, keep in mind, you have to be watchful of the way you live. And you also have to thank God. I just wonder if there's something that we can thank God for today. I wonder if there's a blessing that is already on its way in your life that you're recognizing right now. You know what, God? You're on the move. God, there's this mountain, but I see you moving it. God, there's this, this relationship, but I see you restoring it. I wonder if there's anybody today that could just praise God for five seconds and just thank him for something that he's already doing. And if he hasn't done it yet, there's something about prayer that requires trust. If you think about it, we trust God and that's why we pray. If, if we don't trust God, we'll always strive and we'll always do it on our own accord. I'll never forget you know, the times where, where I've needed God to do something, but out of my own selfishness, my own fear, I try to take a hold of it and we could try to control. But control is a form of witchcraft. And I'm here to tell you today that we need to trust God. We need to devote ourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Verse three says this, and pray, for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. The scripture says that we just read, it says, pray for us that God may open a door for our message. I wanna show you something very special in this verse. The apostle Paul, as he's writing right now, he doesn't say, hey, pray that a door will open so I can preach. 
He doesn't say, hey, pray for a door so that, you know, they or them or those people. It's rather this language of us, we. It's praying for the doors to open so the gospel message can be preached. And he uses the language of, of we belong with this message. It's our message that we may preach it. And, and, you know, you might be here today where it's like you recognize that there is, you know, this good news, this message that the world needs to hear. And maybe you are someone that prays for doors to open. But I'm convinced that, that a lot of us, if there was a door right here, it's like we pray, God, open that door. God, move in our nation. God, pray for it. We pray for our president. God, we pray for our vice president. And, and God begins to open doors. And then we go, all right, who's going through it? Who's gonna go through the fire? Who's gonna go through the storm? Who, who's gonna go in the deep end? Who's going through the storm? But the apostle Paul is saying, pray that doors open so that we may preach the message, so that we may share the good news. And I just needed to tell you today that you have an assignment on your life, that there's a calling on your life, that, that this message is not just the pastor's message, but it's our message, that, that the world needs to know that there is a father for the orphan, that, that the broken can be made whole, that those who are bound in addiction can be set free, that, that those who are in darkness will see a great light. There is a name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus, and at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he he is Lord. And I'm here to tell you that it's not just my message to preach, it's our message to share. So my main point for you today is this, pray for the gospel message to prevail and live so it will. Woo! I want you to put that on right now. Just, just try it, say it out loud, type it in the chat. Pray for the gospel message to prevail and live so that it will. You know, a lot of people today will never actually hear the gospel message because of the way that we sometimes live our lives. And that's not a condemning word, that's just a word to recognize that when you devote yourself to prayer, you become very aware of the areas you need to grow in. And if we always just stifle and silence the enemy, uh, I'm sorry, and we silence uh, the Holy Spirit and we just continue living our lives the way that we want to, we're not a good witness. We're not a good representation of, of Jesus. And so we need to pray for doors to open. But what I'm challenging you to do is not just pray for doors to open so that your pastor can walk through it. Don't just pray for doors to open so that your mom who's you know, a prayer warrior will walk through it. I'm asking you to pray for doors to open so that you may walk through it, that you'll walk through that door because I'm telling you that there's rooms that only you can go into. There's friends that only you can reach. There's that family member that only you can talk to. And I'm here to tell you, God has already put his words in your mouth. If you would just devote your life to praying, if you would devote your life to spending time with Jesus, you won't be able to help yourself. The words will flow out of you like, like a spring of living water. I'm here to tell you that, that if you need that flame reignited in your life, it starts in your prayer closet. It starts in the car. It starts on the way to work. It starts when you're transitioning from office to office. It starts when you're dropping your kids off at school. If you will start praying, you'll start seeing God move. 
If you start praying, you're gonna see mountains go into the sea. And so I'm here to tell you that prayer is powerful. You know, just this, uh, a couple of weeks ago, <clears throat> a couple of weeks ago, I received a call here at the church from a dad who he called and he said, I, I need help from a pastor. I need to talk to somebody. My, my daughter, she's, she's nine years old and she's seeing spirits in the house. She's seeing uh, like ghosts or spirits or these like demonic figures and they're, they're talking to her in the house and they're walking around the house. They're even trying to like, like poke at her. They're trying to hurt her. They're telling her lies that her parents don't love her. And, and I said, sir, now, uh, you know, how about you? Have you been seeing things? And he said, well, yeah, you know, I've seen some of these things myself too. And, and uh, you know, I've, I've, you know, explored some, some dark stuff before. And I told him, I said this, I said, look, here's what I need to share with you. You need to start praying with your family. You need to repent of things that you've opened the door to the demonic and you need to take authority over it in the name of Jesus. And then what I want you to do is I want you to, to put some worship music on in your house and just leave it pray, playing. So when your daughter goes to sleep and she has night terrors or she thinks, thinks, sees things in her room, that worship music is going to torment those things. And so, you know, he took the advice and there was a couple of other things that I told him to do. And I prayed with him, of course. You know, but what I wanted him to know was that it's not just my prayers, but his prayers can be heard too. The prayer of a repentance turns the heart of God back to us. And it's there that we can ask God and we can, we can call upon the name of Jesus. And I'm gonna continue with that story, but I'm gonna show you a scripture that proves what I'm preaching right now. John chapter 17, verse 11 and 12 says this. In the words of Jesus, he said, now I am departing from the world and they are staying in this world, but I am coming to you. <clears throat> Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that not one would be lost. Notice how two times Jesus said the power of the name. What name? The name of Jesus. So going back to the story, I called, uh, I called this man back up uh, just yesterday, just to follow up and check in and see how he was doing. And he said, Pastor, it's working. And I said, what? what what's working? And he, he said, it's, it's working. We, we started praying and, and I put worship music on in the house. And, and, and now it's like these spirits are just leaving our home and, and they're, they're, they're avoiding my daughter now. In fact, I actually, we, my daughter said that she could hear one of the spirits saying, help us. And I said, you know why they're, they're crying out and saying, help us? It's because there's power in that name. There's power in the name of Jesus. And I'm just wondering if there's anybody here today that still believes in the power of that name, that the name of Jesus. You know, if there's power in the name of Jesus that even demons and demonic spirits have to render and surrender to that name, then I'm here to tell you there's no door in heaven, on earth or in hell that can remain shut or open. God can open any door and close any door because of the power of that name. You know, this week I was praying over us and I was praying for <clears throat> specifically this message. And I got a word of knowledge that I wanna share. And I don't know if it's for the online community or if it's for in-person, <clears throat> but out of obedience, I'm just going to share this word with you. 
I felt like God was sharing with me, <clears throat> there's a family, and it could be multiple families, where your son or your daughter has been hanging out with someone that has been making a negative impact on their life. To the point where, where you have began to resent this, this teenager uh, that, that is negatively impacting your child's life. <clears throat> and it's starting to bring out the worst in you. Starting to get you to, to fear and not trust in God's assignment for your kid's life. And I felt like God was sharing with me this, tell them to pray for that person three times this week. Three times this week, I want you to, to remember to pray for this person. <clears throat> no, don't pray them out of their life. I just want you to pray for them. I want you to bless them. I want you to speak good things into their life. I want you to, to pray for their family. I want you to pray for uh, their dad or their mom. And, and then what I want you to do, this is gonna be a stretch, but if you trust God and you trust the power of prayer, I want you to invite that person over to your home. If it, if it is reasonable and safe, I want you to invite that person over to your house and I want you to make them dinner. I know this is a, this is a long word, but I want you to invite them over to your house and I want you to make them dear dinner. There's, there's a reason why, why this person is within reach of your family. And I felt like God was sharing with me, you have a mama's heart, you have a father's heart, and I want you to love on this person. And what the enemy has been trying to, to stir up in you is that this is an attack on your family, but I'm here to stand in the gap and tell you that it's an assignment for your family. You feel like this is a burden, but I'm here to tell you, you're gonna be a blessing. You're gonna turn this person's life around. So I don't know who I'm speaking to. I don't know if this word is for you, but if it is, just write it in the chat. I receive this word. I receive this word. And I'm here to tell you that something's going to shift. Do you believe it? Do you believe that, that God can, can intercept the plans of the enemy? Do you believe that God can take someone who is, is, is broken, messed up, and confused and, and, and lead them into a place of health, wholeness, and clarity? I do. I believe that. I still believe in the name of Jesus. I still believe in the power of his word. In verse 4, it says this. So we continue reading, we have two more verses. It says, pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way that you act outwards. Oh, I'm sorry. Be wise in the way that you act toward outsiders and make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity. You know, with that word of knowledge that I just shared with you, it's really important that we are cautious of the way that we treat other people. You know, we live in a generation today that just does not value kindness. We, we are so uh, on edge with everyone in the 21st century. I mean, I just, it doesn't take long. Just go onto your social media apps and, and just start scrolling. And you'll see, you'll see, we used to call them, you know, uh, uh, cyber bullies or, you know, or trolls on the internet. But now it's, 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 it's the people that are in our church. It's the people that, that I go to school with. It's the people that I live across the street with. The, the point is, is that we've all gotten to this place where, I don't think we've been devoting ourselves to prayer to the point where we are watchful and thankful for the lives that we have. I don't think that we've been observing and correcting course. You know, it's interesting how you can be in a sailboat and if you take your hands off of, off of the steering of the ship, the winds and the wave is going to deter the boat 
And it's your job as the sailor, the captain of your own ship, to grab a hold of, grab a hold of the steering wheel and course correct. Evangelism and kindness have a lot to, uh, in common. We have to be kind towards one another. We have to be gracious towards one another. We, we have to, to do these things. We have to be wise in the way that we act towards outsiders and make the most of every opportunity. You know, my wife and I, we were uh, visiting friends this past weekend and we went to Dallas. Oh my gosh, of all the times we could have been in Dallas, guys, it was like three degrees outside. And that's not a preacher exaggeration. It was literally in the single digits, okay? And um, we got to the airport and we were stuck there and we were supposed to get a flight home on President's Day, but, but flights were canceled and rental cars, even though we had a rental car, it was canceled and Uber wasn't working, Lyft wasn't working. There was literally kids falling asleep on the hard floors of the airport because there was no way to leave. Even the hotel shuttles were shut down and the hotels were full. Everyone was stranded there because they, they called it a state emergency. <laughs> I went outside and I felt like it was like a foot of snow, but that's beside the point. The point is, is that we couldn't find a ride. We called our friends and asked if they pick us up and they were not willing to drive on the roads. There's no salt in the roads. Dallas isn't set up for, for, uh, for, for driving through this weather. And this guy came up to us and he was like, hey, he's like, I just see that look on your face and I could just tell that you need a ride. And I was like, yes. And he was like, look, I have this friend. He runs this outside um, you know, car business. He'll come by and pick you up in about 20 minutes. I'm gonna call him right now. And I said, great. As soon as he you know, left, I looked at Brooke and I said, I hope we don't get human trafficked, okay? Because I don't even know who this guy is. And he, he's just like, hey, just hop in my black Lincoln car in the middle of nowhere where there's no cell reception. And, um, and so we ended up you know, just praying and just feeling like, all right, this is our chance. We're gonna take this ride. We're gonna tell our friends, track our phones. you know. And, and literally I'm, I started spiraling and thinking about the worst things that could happen. I'm like, if he tries to do the, I'm gonna chuck him in the neck or something, I don't know. But, uh, and then we, we ended up um, running into a, a lady in the airport and, you know, she was, uh, she was there by herself. This is a woman probably in her 40s and her phone was dead and she, no one was helping her. And my wife just had the audacity to stop and say, ma'am, do you need a ride? And I'm over here thinking, Brooke, I, I swear if we lose our spot because you're bringing this other person in, I mean, these are the thoughts going through my head. I know this is your pastor, right? And my wife was like, look, where do you need to go? And she's like, oh, it's only 10 minutes away. And I'm like, yeah, that's like an hour in the snow. And we ended up talking to the, the driver and he was like, wow, that's really nice of you. You actually wanna like get this person in the car with you. And so we ended up bringing this person with us. We dropped her off first and then we risked our lives and we drove to the opposite side of town just to get dropped off. And I just realized that's why I married Brooke because she makes every opportunity worth it. She's, she's one of those types of people that, that she's aware of the way that she treats outsiders. And I just wonder how many people feel like that in the church today. How many people are watching online right now that you could say that you go to Centerpoint or you watch Centerpoint, but, but do you feel like an outsider? Do you feel like you're not connected? Do you feel like you don't yet belong? 
And I'm here to tell you, we need to be wise with the way that we treat other people. Let's not be an exclusive church. Let's be an inclusive church. Let's be a church that, that opens our doors. And I know it's COVID and it's difficult, but we've had every reason and excuse to charge our own personal batteries. It's time to pour out. It's time to live our lives in the way that the gospel message will prevail. And I know I'm getting preachy up here, but verse six says this, let your conversations be always full of grace seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. Let your conversations be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. I feel like this is just a check in the heart for a lot of us today. And I'm here passionately preaching this message to you because I want you to walk away full of grace. Hey, if we expect God to pour out his mercy and his grace on us, why would we not do the same for our brothers or our sisters? Why would we not do the same for somebody who has a different uh, color of skin or somebody who lives in a different neighborhood? No, we need to be the type of Christians, the type of followers of Jesus that it doesn't matter what you look like or where you come from or how much money you make or, or what neighborhood you live in. We're gonna treat you with fullness of grace. We're gonna pour out grace. We're gonna be gracious in our conversation. We're going to listen to people. Oh my gosh, can you believe it? I'm, I'm telling you, we got to listen to people. We got to be there for people. We got to be available. You got to be the type of people that were full of grace. I like that part. It says seasoned with salt. The Apostle Paul is referencing the words of Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount when he talks about you are the salt of the earth. Don't lose your saltiness. In other words, salt is something that preserves things and salt is something that, that, that spices things up. It changes the flavor, it changes things. Do your words take away an attack and tear down or do your words preserve people? Do your words add to their lives? Do your words build people up? We need to be full of salt in our words, full of grace in our words. And I'm, and I'm calling us back to this place that, hey, if you struggle with, with being full of grace, if you're just, just fed up with people, if you don't have salt anymore, it's probably because you stopped praying. It's probably because you stopped spending time with Jesus. It's a lot easier to love people when you are spending time with the person who is love. Agape love is possible when we spend time with the person who is love. And I'm here to tell you today, we got to pray for the gospel message to prevail and live so that it will. Church, this is my message to you. I'm pleading for you today. I'm pleading for you today. Devote your life to prayer. Devote your life to praying for that message to go through any door. Because I'm here to tell you that the words of Jesus have life. The words of Jesus will save any person who's drowning. The words of Jesus, we need them more than ever today. And I feel like if you don't have the words to say, just know this, 
Just know that you can always talk to God. You can always come to him. If you need to repent for things, do so. If you need to turn to God again, do so. If you feel like you're far from him or you feel like you don't belong or you're unredeemable, know that his blood is enough to cover our sins. His blood is enough to cover our past. His love and his blood is enough to to meet us where we are, to sustain us. My last point was that. Pray for the gospel message to prevail and live so that it will. Because when we do this and we live always full of grace in our conversations, seasoned with salt, we will know how to answer everyone. We will know the words to tell the world. It's all about Jesus. It's only been about Jesus. It's always going to be about Jesus. We gotta meet Jesus we gotta present this message that there's good news to share with people. There's, there's a story to tell, not our story, but his story and, and how our story fits in his story and, and invite people into that message. You know, and how we talked about those doors, we talked about you know, praying for doors to open and, and being the type of people who walk through those doors. Eventually God's gonna call you to be the doorkeeper and to hold the door open and call out to other people so that they will begin to walk through those doors. Start praying for your neighborhood. Start praying for your families. Start praying for your marriage. Know that you don't need more people to pray. You pray. You need to learn how to pray. You need to learn how to talk to God. You need to learn how to listen and be present. You need to learn how to turn off your phone. Learn how to just turn off the TV for a second. Learn how to just get away with him and learn how to be present with God because I'm telling you this, man, you'll never start praying for people unless you start praying for yourself. Learn how to be with Jesus. And on that note, let's pray right now. If you're watching this message online and you're saying, you know what, Pastor James, I don't don't know Jesus. I've never prayed that prayer of, of, of surrendering my life you know, we use language of saying that he's the Lord of our life. We, we make Jesus the Lord of our life. We give our lives to him. But, you know, that's the type of prayer. When you actually do that, what you're doing is you're making him Lord over everything. You are surrendering yourself, dying to yourself, picking up your cross and following him. And when we do that, when we ask Jesus to come into our life and save us, know that there's a two-way conversation. God's gonna speak to you. God's gonna lead you. God's gonna show you areas. He may not speak with words, but he may just give you the understanding of, hey, there's some things to work on, but he's not gonna overwhelm you and overload you. He's gonna walk with you gracious. He's gonna kind of almost in a way put his arm around you and say, you know, come on, daughter, come on, son. Let's walk this thing out together. So if you're ready to give your life to Jesus, the way I wanna do this is I just wanna say a prayer with you, but our teams are ready to know who it is that we're praying for. It's not so that we can keep track of numbers. It's because every soul counts and every life matters and no one's too far from God's grace. And so if you're ready to give your life to Jesus, Romans chapter 10, verse nine says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. So let's just pray together right now and just notify us in the comments. Say something like this, Jesus, I feel you here now. I ask that you would come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I devote myself to you. Right now, I receive your grace. I receive the blood that you shed on the cross for me. 
I believe that you died and rose again. And so I'm asking for you to make me a new person, a new creation in you, that the past would be the past and that I can live my life from this moment on, looking forward, following you into eternity. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Listen, if that word of knowledge earlier was for you or your family, notify us, let us know so that we can follow up with you. We wanna, we wanna walk with you through that. If you just gave your life to Jesus, let us know. We wanna walk with you through that as well. We don't have to do life alone. The church is never meant for you to just show up and then just do your life separately. No, we have to become a family for the kingdom of God is here and now. And that's my message for you guys. God bless you. Thank you for joining us online. We'll see you next week.